Welcome to the Temple Care Podcast. This is a place where we take a faith-based approach to mental and physical health. I am your host, Erica Pizzo. I have um, a longtime friend on today, Cheryl Piscopo. Um, she is has been such a light to my family. My parents know her well. I've known her since I was very little. <laughs> um, so, Cheryl, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to have you. And um, please give us just an introduction of who you are, what you do, um, and just how your ministry is. Well, I just am very honored and thankful to be on the broadcast. Uh, I have known Erica and her family forever. Yeah. And so rejoiced with her mom and dad when they got pregnant with her, and just it's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. So I am Dr. Cheryl Piscopo, and my late husband, Dr. Jerry Piscopo, and I, uh, pastor and uh, evangel Christian churches in Roseville, Michigan, but also oversee hundreds of churches, ministers, ministries, and chaplains around the globe. So that organization is called Evangel Association of Churches and Ministries, mm. where we, chap- we license chaplains, we license ministers, ordain them, credential them, so that they can do the work of the minister. And we oversee churches to help pastors with questions, with going through rough times, with going through legalities, all of that. We keep on staff, uh, a church kind, a church-focused, ministry-focused attorney, as well as CPAs, as well as financial people yeah. like uh, Tony and Karen Amaradio to help ministers, pastors with those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So kind of what I do now, Mm -hmm. Uh, just uh, turned over the church to my son and my daughter, uh, that is our dog, (laughs) to oversee the church so that I can focus more on the network of churches and ministries and chaplains. So that's what I'm doing. But when I um, married Bishop 38 years ago, uh, we began to he had had the experience of inner healing and deliverance. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, you know, began to get together. And I had come out of a very hurtful background of um, a, a marriage where my husband cheated mm-hmm. a lot. And I had grown up in a little Italian home where nobody did those kinds of things. So yeah. it was devastating. Mm-hmm. And although I had grown up in alcoholism, and I had grown up in the dance world with ballet, modern. And so that whole starving your body thing, I had struggled with eating disorders, mm-hmm. uh, being an adult child with alcohol and all of that junk. Mm-hmm. And then my thing came out of uh, you know, the streets, being a little gangster kind of guy. And so wow. uh, it, 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 was, it was quite the uh, deliverance when yeah. he got so that's something we all need to understand. Deliverance and healing is a process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be all at one time. It often is not. It doesn't uh, take forever. Sometimes it does. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, what I like to say is our lives are like an onion. So we peel back layers mm-hmm. and got the timing. And so... Uh, when he had gotten the revelation of inner healing and deliverance, 
of course, I jumped on board, and it changed my entire life, changed him. Yeah. And so we began to submit ourselves to deliverance and inner healing ministries all over the nation, mm. just so we gain the insight and the knowledge. Because back in the 80s, 90s, that wasn't such an acceptable ministry. Yeah. People decided and loved it. Yeah. They want, you know, they just thought it was new age. Mm. It had crap, all of that. So that's how we got into it. And through the years, pretty much we've become known for the ministry of restoration, mm. healing the brokenhearted, setting the captive free. Mm. So that's what that's what I still do. I travel all over the United States and overseas, mm-hmm. teaching inner healing, deliverance. And then ministering it to mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. seeing lives totally transformed mm-hmm. because of Jesus mm-hmm. and what He. I love that. So, was there a point for you? I mean, because I know I can. I've come from a pretty conservative background where they don't talk about inner healing, <laughs> and at the churches that I used to go to. I mean, now I'm in a in place where they're more open to that. But um, was it hard on your heart, like, at all accepting that this was what your husband did and that, that this is how he got, you know, right with the Lord? Like, I mean, I think some people probably listening are struggling with even the, the words inner healing because it might sound new age to them or it might seem like, how did you come to a place where you were like, no, I know that the Lord's in this and that, this is right, and this is his will. And It was an uphill battle. Yeah. The church, I had grown up in a Pentecostal church, but more conservative also. Uh-huh. My, uh, when I was growing up, my pastor was Ma Beale. She's in Wikipedia. She's in the history annals, you know. So yeah. um, it was, though Pentecostal, and very open to the prophetic, very open to uh the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit. That you're right. A lot of folks just said, "Oh, that's New Age. Stay away from that stuff." Mm-hmm. But as I began to study, as I began to research, as he, my husband was like a walking encyclopedia yeah. of deliverance and healing. And so we saw how it worked, mm-hmm. and we belonged to Pentecostal, but more conservative churches here, mm-hmm. large churches. And Pastor was like, I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) But what began to happen was people would come up for prayer. Mm. They would be like falling out and shaking Mm -hmm. and screaming. And so Pastor would look over at us and say, Come over here, handle this. (laughs) Yeah. So the more those things occurred, right, he wouldn't say, Hey, come up and get healing for deliverance, or yeah, yeah. But he would have an altar call, and if that occurred, yeah, he would call it. So it was a slow journey. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the church, you know, didn't like us. Yeah. A lot of death, a lot did. It was okay. Yeah, but you had to be a little tough skin. You had to be, you know. So it was an uphill journey. But mm-hmm. then, once we began our own church, uh, and once we began our network of churches, they just flocked. They came and, yeah. and said, help, we need help. We need to know how to minister to this. Or, you know, to this day, we, we started what we call an inner healing and deliverance seminar. Mm. And so it closed pretty much four 
five or six times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Saturday, a Saturday all day event. Mm-hmm. And we've got folks that will come all the way from New Jersey, New Hampshire, California, uh, Indiana, Ohio, Texas. They come from everywhere, Florida. They will fly in and they will go through our seminar and stay over for our Sunday service. I take them out all to lunch and they go home. Yeah. It changes their lives. Mm. Everywhere from, man, I was on meds and when I went through the seminar and I got so free, I went to the doctor and after a couple months he took me off of all my meds. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, wow, you know, total deliverance, total healing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was rough. But once we started the seminar where people could come off their church properties, go through, and go back home to their churches, it changed lives. And right. then pastors, you know, we weren't trying to proselytize people out of their churches, but when pastors saw the change, they wanted to know, hey, how can we incorporate this? And we yeah. have always been a mindset Whatever we have, we gave out freely because it wasn't ours. Mm. God owned it. Mm -hmm. He gave it to us. Mm -hmm. So it was that kind of mindset, thinking that helped. Because I think our hearts, too, always to help other pastors, help other leaders, not hold stuff to us. And so really blessed. And uh, to this day, Erica, our waiting list is endless. Mm. But we take as many in our seminars as we can pack in there yeah. and minister to. Yeah. You know, go through those past hurts and wounds from childhood and mm. to where they get healed. And people can see Jesus in their mind's eye. He touches them and it changes their mm. lives. Mm. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't an easy journey, but I would do it all over again. Mm. I love that. It's beautiful. I think that's really a testament too to sometimes God's calling you to something that people are not going to be happy with you and you have to lay down the people pleasing. I know I've been going through that myself. It's hard. Thing is a biggie for him mm. because uh, some of it is from the time we're little. Yeah. We want to please our parents. Yeah. That's girl. But also our parents. It comes from what the way they were raised. Right. So the people-pleasing thing is big. Yeah. I still struggle with it. I yeah. know I do. Yeah. But it's running out of, oh, that's that's got to get healed. Oh, that. And you begin to learn because you, you receive that healing and you begin to learn the only one I got to really please is him. Yeah. And it sets you free once you start really getting that in your spirit. Right. But you're absolutely yeah. So what do you think is a, kind of like a barrier for people with inner healing? Like, what do you think stops them from either taking the step to let the Lord heal them or even accepting that he is healing them or that he has healed them? Is there, like, what are the barriers in people's lives that stop them from taking that step? A big one is pride. Mm. Yeah. People feel like, I don't want you to know that happened to me. Mm. I don't tell people that happened to me. So a big one is pride. And I make it clear. That's why I really 
love the one-on-one ministry. Yeah. I traveled, like I said, everywhere so that I could literally touch people, Mm. touch them. And, um, you know, the pride thing, I tell them right off, there is nothing you can share with me that I haven't heard, Mm. experienced maybe, or whatever, but it stays right here. Confidentiality is a biggie. So I really try to make that clear. Um, I mean, and I've heard it all from, you can imagine. Yeah. The brutality, the violence, the anger, the rage, the perversion, it's all there. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big one, pride. Just another big issue that I've even been finding myself preaching a lot in the pulpit is, man, if we could just get people, including ourselves, I'm not arrived, nobody's arrived, but if we just deal with our own junk, Mm -hmm. if we'll just own our own junk. Yeah. When I say to people, why are you angry? Well, because she. Well, because he. Yeah. No, why are you angry? Mm. Well, because because you are. Mm. Because I have to own my anger. Mm-hmm. Anger is a choice like everything else. I can choose to get mad. Yeah, I can get real triggered. And it seems like that's my only option. But the bottom line is it's mine. Yeah. And I have to own it. And so that's a big one, mm. getting people to own their stuff and getting people to deal with their stuff. That's mm. a barrier mm. because even yesterday I had a person say to me, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I know you don't. I don't like dealing with stuff either. Yeah. Do we want to be healed? Do we want to move forward? Yeah. Not even just being healed. Do I want to stay stuck or do I want to move forward to what God has for my life? So, yeah, that, those are barriers that are real. In the inner healing process, sometimes um, they have a struggle with seeing Jesus in their mind's eye. Mm. But I take back to Daniel, where Daniel was lying on his night bed with night visions, and he could see mm. Jesus in the temple with his train. We can see things in our mind's eye. Mm-hmm. It's not new age. Because what if we took, turned that around and said, okay, is the devil creative? No. Mm. Can the devil create anything? No. He's a counterfeiter. Mm. He's a counterfeiter. So who created our ability to imagine or see or think? God did. Yeah. So why can't God put an image of himself in our mind's eye? Mm. You know, the devil puts all kind of images before us. Yeah. Can't God create that for us to heal our spirit, to yeah. heal our soul realm? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And all that inner healing is, inner healing prayer, all it is is a form of prayer where we go back and we have the Holy Spirit bring up only those situations that were hurtful mm. or that were traumatic. We don't allow people to go back and relive the horror. Yeah. We just... Them. When you think of that moment, yeah, what emotions were were big for you there? Oh, I was angry. I was hurt. I was violated. I felt shame. I felt uh, kicked to the curb. I felt worthless. Those are what you're after. Dealing with those emotions so that God can heal them. Yeah. So I people say, well, you just want to conjure up people's past and 
help make them hurt again. No, it's so that they get the healing. Because I promise you, when they see Jesus, mm. he touches them. Mm. It is supernatural. They never have that wound again. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. I love it, that. It's totally. Um, I just want to share this example. Yeah. I ministered to a woman. She was in her 60s. And she had uh, her brother and her grew up. But their dad and mom divorced, so he would pick them up every other weekend, and he would take them to do fun things. Well, she felt like when it came time to go fishing, her dad would focus on her brother, and she wanted dad's attention, too. Mm. So she felt hurt when dad, and that was the inner healing moment. She felt left out because mm. dad, though she was there fishing, dad was all into what brother was doing. Yeah. So we, we went through, she forgave. Forgiveness is a huge part of it. I mean, for, mm. She forgave her dad. She forgave her brother. She blamed him at all. She forgave herself. Mm -hmm. And she forgave God because she loved God, but she didn't understand why God was not giving any attention given to her. Yeah. So after forgiveness, we went through and asked God to heal the hurt, the anger, the feeling left out, all of that. When it came time for her, I said, close your eyes. Can you see Jesus with you now on the dock with your fishing pole? Mm -hmm. She's, she just started weeping. Oh. And she said, oh, yeah, Dr. Cheryl. I said, where are you? Mm -hmm. She says, we're sitting on the edge of the dock together, me and Jesus, swinging our feet off the edge with our fishing poles, and we're singing and talking. Oh. I tell you, every time she thought of her dad after that, yeah. she saw it. See wow. and that feeling for yeah. her. Yeah. It was awesome. I couldn't have created that. Yeah. She couldn't have created it. It was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So awesome. Wow. I, I'm, I love that you're sharing this because it's so simple. It's just praying. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's coming praying. before the Lord, like, and just helping, letting him heal those places of us that we don't talk about and we don't want to bring out because it's too painful. And but you know, the beauty of it is we are a body. Yeah. And so we need one another. Right. And so it's so beautiful when an inner healing person can work with someone so they can be that team. Yeah. To bring the healing, bring the presence of God. Because the Lord says where one is, I am in their midst. Where two are, I am in their midst. Yeah. So, so beautiful because... You know, it brings such healing to the person ministering, too. Mm -hmm. Because I've been in those situations where the Lord's healing me, and I don't even know what's going on, yeah. but touch that person. Yeah. It's so necessary. When Jesus, in the Word of God, do you recall the uh, passage in John chapter 4, where Jesus is ministering to the woman at the well, mm -hmm. and she says, you know, I I need what you have. And he says, yes, you do, because you've had four husbands or five husbands. And mm -hmm. he's telling her life. That was all in healing. He didn't. He would, some people say, oh, he was prophesying. No, he was giving her a word of knowledge based on her needing healing. Yeah. And that was a whole discourse between the two of them, 
where he was healing her pants. Mm. She walked away and told all in the village about this man that knew her whole life because they were having healing going on at that moment. And so it's like, wow, there it is, Mm. right in the Bible, the inner healing Mm. of, of a life that totally changed after her encounter Jesus. Mm. And that's what it is. It's prayer encountering Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. using vessels that can just bring the body together for restoration. Yeah. Rest. I that's- yeah, and that's so true. I mean, every time Jesus like healed or encountered someone, he got to not only their physical issue, but he was really after their their spiritual issues and their emotional and and a lot of times he gave them forgiveness in that moment, which is what all they needed really to be free. And exactly. yeah, and I love I love the point you made too about um, in it like forgiving God because I wrote a chapter about that in my recent book. But um, you know, sometimes I think we're mad at God and we don't say it to Him because we we know that that's not the right Christian thing to do, and it's not like the way that we should be thinking about him. So we repress it almost, but like, it's so much better when you're open with him and you say, I'm actually really mad that you did this or that you allowed this in my life or, or I don't understand why this happened. And I, I want to love you the way that I'm called to love you, but I'm not feeling it right now. Or I'm, I'm feeling the anger, you know? And I think, I think that's so helpful to build like this intimate relationship with God because that's how you find intimacy with other humans is you're, you're upfront and honest with them. But if you never do that with God and you never really tell him how you're really feeling about things, I mean, you're not going to find that depth of relationship. And again, that's that religion thing. Yeah. We're raised. We can't dishonor God. So right. we think our anger dishonors him. I had recently... Um, I ministered in a church out of, you know, in uh, Hawaii. And so we were doing inner healing. People were sobbing, crying, getting free. And so when I left there, the pastor called me. She says, everything was fabulous. But she says, I have one problem. And I said, what's that? She said, you had everybody forgive God. <laughs> and I yeah. Said, yeah. And she goes, nobody should be mad at God. And I said, <laughs> We are mad at God. And I said, so forgiving him, I said, God can handle our anger. Mm. He can handle our unforgiveness. But by forgiving him, it's not for God's sake. Mm. It's for our sake. And I said, it sets people free on their selves because we do get mad at God. Mm. And the other thing I taught them, who is in absolute control in your life, your family, the world? I said, God is in control. I mean, especially during the pandemic, during mm-hmm. the election, people were going crazy. Yeah. And I put it out everywhere. God is in control. He'll use Bozo the Clown to govern the country if he has to. He don't care. My only concern. Yeah. And I said, God is in control. He doesn't allow the enemy to do anything without him going past him first. So whatever happens in our lives, God is going to work it out for our good, his glory, or he's not going to allow it at all. Mm. He's in control. And he's in control of our healing. Mm. 
He knows what we can handle. He makes a way where there is no way. So if it's healing, restoration, and when you look at tragic things that have occurred, people either look to God and he works it out, or they don't. And then if they're stuck, nothing happens. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. We do get mad at God, and it's okay. He's big enough to handle our anger. You know, you have children. I have grown children and grandchildren, and they get mad. We handle it. We yeah. don't think, how dare you be angry at us? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My girls get angry about stuff at me. Okay. My grandchildren get mad and go, no, Nana. Okay. <laughs> but in the end, I'm not offended, and God's not offended. Yeah. He wants to work through that with us to become, you know, better, to have a deeper relationship with us at the end of the day. And the only way to do that is if we acknowledge how we're really doing, how we're really feeling. And, right. Um, That's a hindrance. Yeah. When people don't have a relationship, you can't preach that enough. Mm. That's why I love your new book. I love your other books. Yeah. It's all in there about your relationship. Mm. Not a bunch of teaching and it's a bunch of theology and it's a bunch of, well, this one said and that one said. It is your gut level relationship with God that we have to have mm. or do this thing. Yeah. So you just said that, um, you know, you got to this place where well, and you're seeing it in my writing, which thank you so much for saying that, but the gut level relationship. And did you ever like have a time in your past? Because I know for me in the past, I was full of head knowledge. And then I went through a lot of health issues and a lot of, um, you know, anxiety and depression. And that's where I really got to the gut level with the Lord. Was there a time for you like that? Or was it more like from day one, you were in that deep, relationship i mean usually it's a process right so explain how it went for you yeah um back in late 80s is when uh i had been married to my former husband who was alcoholic cheating incessantly you name it Mm. and i hit rock bottom and i had been a christian for 10 years i was born and raised catholic so i knew about jesus i loved the lord I can remember the little girl taking walks and talking to Jesus. But that real set the sinner's prayer found out, you know, there was an actual salvation. Mm. That happened in my late teens. So between 18, 17, and 28, I had married and gone through that. So when all that came to a head, I was 28. Uh, all hell broke loose. Mm. It was like a rush of emotion that I couldn't even deal with. Yeah, the, the anger, the it all just melted together. And I can again be remember being on my living room floor, sobbing mm. in the just sobbing into the carpet, like I've done everything right. I pray my prayers. I read my Bible. I go to church. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah understand what happened here yeah oh yeah 
God supernaturally because I I read the Bible, but it was like, okay, I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to. Yeah. And God said, go to Isaiah 54. I didn't even know that Isaiah had 54 chapters. So I was really <laughs> believing God, this is true. Yeah. So I went to Isaiah 54 and read it and just sobbed because it was so to me. You know how Bible verses will jump out at your face yeah. when you need that to be real for you. Yeah. And that moment on, I said, I got to know this God who took me to this Bible verse that I didn't have a clue, who, you know. And so that was the beginning of my yeah. and just done with religion. Mm. And yet it's, it's been a process for the next 40 years of, of that God revealing himself, deeper walk, God revealing himself, deeper walk, getting away from religion, throwing this out, throwing that out. And it's just funny because when you think, okay, I don't have that religious thing going on. It would be like, God would say to me in my prayer time, can you stop talking at me with your list? And I would just start ah, doing it again. God, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. You have to have, I believe, there has to be that breaking moment mm. where you just know you need him. Yeah. So much in your life. Mm -hmm. so. mm. That's so good, yeah, and I think back to the times where there are really lows in my life, but that's where the deepest part of my relationship with God was forged, and so it's like you said, you would never go back and change it, no matter how hard it was, because if you went back and changed it, you wouldn't have the relationship you have now, and what life would that be? Bishop's death, that took me to another yeah. Because uh, we did everything together for 38 years. Mm. Um, morning and night, we just were always together unless I traveled, he traveled, or we traveled together, but we were still together. So uh, that was a, toll, a huge toll. Yeah. But people are amazed at how I've been able to press forward. Because why? It's all Jesus. It's not me. I don't even have the mental capacity at the time. To remember to do this, do that, say this, do that, and it's it's totally God consuming my moments, my time, mm. uh, and all that I do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it takes. But those breaking moments, I believe too, it doesn't all happen once. Yeah, it's a continuous flow of times where, okay, now it's deeper, deeper. But I don't know how people are satisfied with lip service. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, uh, there are a lot of folks that are like, I go to church. Yeah. I read a page of my Bible. I say my little prayers. That was never enough for me. Yeah. I, I want to cry and sob in his arms. I want to, him to see me a mess. Yeah. I mean, what is, you know, he sees you anyway. Yeah. You know, or, or the struggle some people have when I minister to them is, I don't want to, tell God this or that. Well, he knows it anyway. Yeah. So getting to realize God knows everything. You're not hiding nothing. Yeah. So. But it, it goes to show his character that it's meaningful to him for us to still say it out loud to him. Like, even though he knows everything. You know, it just shows that, that he has such a heart for us 
It's like when you're, I was thinking about like when you're in the middle of, you know, disciplining your kids and you like are trying to like kind of let them see what they did wrong, even though, but they're in their pride and they don't want to admit that they did anything wrong. But that moment where they realize and they go, I'm sorry, I really did do this is, is such a breakthrough moment because it's like, okay, we're, we're finally on the same page here. <laughs> we're not like putting up a front that nothing happened or that you're not feeling that way. And I think we do that with God, right? Like where we're just, we don't want to admit how we really feel or we don't want to admit that this sin has control in our lives or something like that because we just, we want to look good in front of him. We want to look good in front of others. And that puts up those walls, you know? Uh, with Bishop Past, you know, the, the stages of grief and all. Man, I had my anger moment very mm. next morning. Yeah. And, uh, I just went through the house just mad because I felt like my whole life I had done whatever he wanted because I loved him and I wanted to make him people pleasing and make yeah. him happy. And so decorating was his idea and everything. So I went through every room in my little condo and angry. I'm, I'm taking that down. I'm getting rid of this. That's just all Jerry. Where's Cheryl and all that? Yeah. And when I got done, I just crumpled to the ground, sobbing. Mm. And God's like, this is going to be your time now for you to find out who you are. Mm. And you only did all this because you chose it. Yeah. You didn't. Make it. And I had to deal with all that. Yeah. And over. He just said, honey, let's do this or that. And I just said, yeah, okay, go do that. That was my choice. Mm. So now it's learning. And people find it easy. It is easier when I can just say, you figure it out. Yeah. It is easier. But sometimes God's saying, I don't want you to go the easy route. I want you to do this. Mm. So you're absolutely right. Mm. Right. Thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, In John. I'm sorry, in Luke 4, 18 and 19, and this is a whole premise for inner healing and deliverance. Mm. He said, Jesus was anointed in the temple, and he talks about he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted mm. and let the captive free. And God showed me, and it's in our book too, that God wants that to happen today. That wasn't just when Jesus was in the temple. But Jesus said, I want my, my people to do the same thing. Mm. I want them to heal the brokenhearted inner healing. I want them to set the captive free, deliverance. Mm. And I think that's important for people to know. This isn't a special group of folks that do this stuff. Anyone can do it if it's in their heart to bring healing and restoration to other lives. Mm. So that is so key in my mind. Mm. Um, our book is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's called Spiritual Warfare, A Comprehensive Guide to Personal Healing and Deliverance mm. by Jerry and Cheryl Piscopo. So if you want that book, you can get it on Amazon. But it's all in there. If they read through the book, yeah. they will see stuff there that will help them and again i make myself available to you erica to anyone Mm -hmm. that would love to experience it i will come to where you're at 
I love that. Well, I I can't wait to read your book. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Now, do you have a copy? Did I send it? No, I can't wait to read it. I'm like, I I will read that right away as soon as I get my hands on it. (laughs) All right. Ah, yeah. No, and I will put the link for everybody below um, to go to Amazon if they want to order it themselves. But I think... I think that's great, though, to have a book, like, available for people because some people are really intimidated by even this concept, and it's so foreign in their circles that, you know, to at least be able to read a little bit and see what you're getting into. (laughs) Easy reading. Mm -hmm. It is very comprehensive. There's all kinds of stuff in there. They don't have to read it page one to the end. They can read anywhere in the book and get a lot out of it, which is fun. Yeah. So, absolutely. It's a great book. Oh, well, would you mind closing us in prayer? Just go ahead. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, we look to you, Jesus, Yeshua Adonai, Lord of the universe, and we say thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for breath. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And thank you for what Jesus did at the cross. He said, it is finished. So he conquered all of this so that we could be restored in our lives, made whole, and so that people, God, will want what we have, which is Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we just thank you for our time on this broadcast. I bless Erica. I bless her family and this book that has come out. Father, it is phenomenal. And, Lord, that you put it into the hands of every person that, is willing to just get healed and restored. That book has been supernaturally written of you. So God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cheryl. I just so appreciate you coming on today. This is amazing. And anytime. I'll come back on anytime. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad we got to talk about this because I... Haven't really talked about this on the podcast yet, but I know God's been putting this on my heart. So you were an answer to prayer. So thank you again. So that was it for today, guys. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for joining me and Cheryl. And I am going to put the link for her book below. Um, if you want to go grab a copy of that, if you want to get in contact with Cheryl, um, you can send me an email at contact at your and I will get you to her. So thank you guys. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time.